Hello and what is up, Bold Crew? Before we get to the podcast that you are here to listen to, I just want to make a special announcement. The Twin Cities by Night crew has decided to add an additional member to the gang. What does that entail? That means that not only will you be able to potentially play in a future Demon the Fallen game that we will be running for a podcast and YouTube series, but you'll also be able to become part of the gang and be involved in future podcasts and other games that we may have going on on the channel. So how can you apply for this? First, you'll need to stop by our Discord that you can find in this podcast description and get details on how to apply. We'll be accepting applications until September 30th, 2018. And from there, we'll make a decision. We will let you know if you are the one who will become part of the Twin Cities by Night gang. I hope to see you all there. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on that same Discord. Good luck. Now I bring to you the future podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as a storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. You're just, you're just holding Melissa by the neck at this point, and she just is looking at you with this, this scared expression, and she just looks like she's about to speak, and she goes to talk and just like, Nothing really comes out. Her windpipe is just just too constricted right now, and she goes to she goes to say something, and it's just this guttural just. People died because of this, you know. And she just she just goes to speak again, and just nothing comes out, and you just see that she's starting to like lose consciousness a little bit from the tightness of your grip around her neck. Probably like gonna let loose a little bit, but you know, still hold her. Just probably put her on the ground. And you see Ronnie, and he's he's freaking out. He's he's like shaking his hands. He's like pacing back and forth. He doesn't know what to do. He looks like he wants to jump in and help her, but he also just saw how how hard you punched her. How she nearly went through the wall, and blood came out of her mouth. And he's just he's not gonna fuck with you. And he's just he's just looking, and he's just like, oh, stop, stop. Well, then talk. Charlie used to do this thing. He had some friends. They would go out. They would, they would scare people. I, they called themselves something. I, look, I don't know. Just let her go, please. Well, tell me more. Okay, so they were doing this thing. They, they would go out. They, they would put this, this mask on, and they, they would take turns scaring people. And they, they called it this, this thing. I, I don't know. They made it up. It's a swamp something swamp daddy or something like that it's 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 just this character they came up with him okay and they they put the mask on they would each take turns and they'd, they'd go out and scare people just just for kicks just for glamour well yeah and charlie started getting real weird he he didn't want to hang out with those guys anymore he was he was worried that the the type of stuff that they were into was was too closely related to 
to them. He was getting too deep into it, and he wanted to get out. Okay. And who are these friends? He never told us who, who else was part of the group. He he said he couldn't. He said they would kill him if he did. But 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 he said that he said that he was going to be in big trouble if he left. He said that if he left, they were going to do something bad to him. They were going to make it so he couldn't even control what he did anymore. They made this thing. It's a, it's a swamp daddy. It, it it's its own thing now. It's 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 none of them wear the mask. It it, it wears the mask itself. It goes out. The what? The swamp daddy. It's their it's their thing. It's their character. They they put the mask on and they they go out into the into the people's houses and they they scare them with this character. They they make it so that people tell the stories about him and the stories made him real. The stories made him a real thing. He's its own thing now. None of them wear the mask. He just goes out on his own. This is bad. Charlie said it. Charlie said something like this was going to happen. Why didn't said, you tell us? He made me promise. I'm really angry now. He said one of those guys was going to put a spell on him if he ever if you ever fucked with them again. We didn't mm. think they could really do it. Melissa is just like, Ronnie, shut up. Just trying to talk and just like holding her neck. Frankel sort of, you know, start choking her and again, it's just like, stop, let stop, him talk. Let her go. Please, that's it. That's it. Look, just let us get out of here. We'll never bother you again. Please, just let us go. Mm. And you see him. He's He's just like shaking and just like he has – He's crying. He's 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 very much crying. He just wants to get out of here, and he feels like you are going to kill both of them right now. Um, so Frank is going to walk up to him, and you can go after you promise me something. What is it? What? What do you? What do you want? Well, I I think this whole problem is also partly your fault. The way you know. We didn't have the whole information, and it's just Manny's completely went through a lot of things, you know, because of this, because of you. I think it's only fair that you're going to help us when the time comes. So I want you to promise me that when the time comes and when we need help most, you're going to come. And you're going to pledge this on your life. What? No, you're going to pledge this on her life. And you just see, and he just looks at you and without even any words, you just see this, you just see this like submission in his eyes as he, as he yields to you and you feel the weird just rise up within you. And he just looks out, he looks out at you, just, just very defeated expression and just, just, extends a, a hand and you go to shake his his giant stony arm it's a deal now let us both leave you can go and he just runs over to melissa and just puts the arm puts her arm around his shoulder and just starts to starts to make his way towards the door and then you see him he just turns the knob swings it open and goes to goes to drag her out and you see joe just still standing in the doorway just very shocked expression on his face, just staring at you, almost horrified. And he just goes, Frank, what, what was that? Some very bad. Who, who are those people? That woman, did, did you do that to her? And you just see him and he, he, he takes a step back from you like you're going like to do something to him or something. John, 
I didn't do that to her. I didn't. She did that to herself. Frank, are you okay? Are you in some kind of trouble, son? <sighs> you know I'd help you a... anyway. I can, son. John, those people, they, they have big problems, you know, and I always try to help them, but sometimes, you know, some people are beyond saving. And he, he looks at you kind of confused, and he's just like, hey, how, do you, how do you get involved with these people, Frank? What, what, what is this? What are you into? Well, I'm not into anything, but those people, well, they're, they're just into drugs and everything, and I caught them, you know, just walking into my apartment. Oh, Jesus. I, Frank, they, they, I, they wanted to kill the police? Bro. No, I think it's okay. Frank, this sounds really bad. I, why, why don't you let me call the police? You should at least report this. I don't know. I don't like the police. They always ask me so many questions, and I don't know what to tell them. Okay, now okay, it's... son. All right. Well, it's it just made it just made me worry. That's all. You see, Joe's door is is peeked open a little bit, and you see Patricia kind of standing in the frame of the doorway wearing a a nightgown and you know her her long white hair just kind of over her shoulders as she as she looks out and and joe just sees her in the in the door frame and just says patricia good go back to sleep it's all right all right sonny okay well you know i'm i'm gonna keep my i'm gonna keep my ears on and if they come back i'm, I'm gonna call the police I, I don't want any trouble in the building you know, of course, John. Thanks. You're a good man. Okay. All right, son. And he puts his hand on, on your shoulder, and he, he just turns and, and goes back inside. And you hear Patricia just, what was it? And he's just like, just just go back inside. It's it's nothing. Some some, some vagrants must have broken into the building or something. It's it's all right. Frank Frank dealt with them. And they go back into their apartment, and, and you hear the door shut, and you hear the TV just just turn off, and you can hear them moving around and stuff. Like they're they're not go- just going straight back to bed, and you hear them talking a little bit, but not really anything you can make out. And you see Fluffy; she's just still like at this point, she she's ran into a room and underneath a a, a you know like underneath something because probably underneath the bed. That's yeah, because she's it. yeah she's she's freaked out by all that. Yeah. I imagine Fluffy uh, Frank just, you know, going uh, into the fridge and getting a piece of salami out or something. And just... <laughs> taking it, taking a bite of a of a of a salami stick. And, yeah, uh... just giving some to Fluffy, you know, just make her feel better. And things are quiet again. Yeah. Let's jump to Katrina again for a second. You're in this this blackness right now. As you are trying to hop between between dreams into, well, you're just focusing on Raymond. You're trying to see if you can maybe tap into his dream or or to just go where he is. And you think about him and you concentrate on him and you meditate on him as your astral body floats. And you start to just see this this line in the in the blackness, and it you drift closer to it and closer to it. And then 
you get close enough to just see it completely and it's just a a snake just spiraling in the blackness just just making patterns just moving in figure eights and in coils and just just dancing in the in the in the dream and it it comes close to you and it circles you and without speaking without it speaking you're you're able to hear it and it tells you or you hear this inside of your subconscious i can give you what you want i can take you where you need to go it's going to cost you something though it's going to cost you one happy memory when you give me this memory it will be mine forever this is something for me to keep this is something you will not get back and it's just it's just spiraling around you up and down floating high above you floating far beneath you do you wish to make this trade it's like you're talking to yourself the way that you can hear this in your subconscious yeah can i formulate a role out of that somehow <laughs> like how scared uh yeah, Katrina be is that like a composure role maybe yeah resolve let's composure do, let's do resolve composure that that sounds good okay do a plus plus one since you since you had the nightcap and you're deep deep into this into this state of being I have two successes. This is very strange to you, but you feel like you understand somehow. Mm -hmm. You feel like the changeling part of you understands this language of just things must be paid for. And even the most abstract things can have value, such as a memory. You get a feeling that this thing is, is alien. It's other. It might be one of them. It might be... A, a familiar or a servant of one of them you're not really sure but this thing it it's part of them in a way it's connected to them it's of them at the very least i want to try to formulate a question and ask it uh who it is so the moment you think about asking it that it's it's it, it hears you and it just says do you not know who I am? Do you not recognize what this is? I have never met you before. You've never met me. Perhaps you have. Perhaps I just looked a little bit different to you. And then you just see it and it just, it just changes shape to be something you remember from your durance. Not your keeper, but just some type of creature that was part of your durance. And you, you look at it, and it, it confuses you, because for a second you thought, maybe this is going to reveal itself to me as my keeper. Maybe this is him all along. But it's like it, it's like it got part of it right, but it just didn't have the full, the full picture. And then it changes back into a snake, and it says, or perhaps maybe not. Will you pay? Will you give me this memory? Will you have it be mine forever? Your own voice to you in your head. Would you be willing to part with it? Is it to save your friend? You're giving me one small glimpse for something that you can have forever. I'll take you there to him. There you can both be forever. And it starts to wrap around you. What do you say? Will you come with me? Will you dance with me? I'm wondering how rational Katrina is about this. Because obviously um, as a player, I know, who that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so as it yeah. coils around you, there's something 
there's something tempting about it. It feels good. Mm. It's this cold embrace that just is somehow comforting as it just coils around you like a hug, like a just like something something welcoming. But in the back of your head, you know, don't. You know, deals with, with things of this nature, you know, they're, they're tricky. You know that they're deceiving. He's here with you, isn't he? He's in this place. I watch over him now. So? He has returned home, and you can return home too. This could be your one true home. This could be your final home. I'm going to say, like, on an emotional level, that makes perfect sense to Katrina. Like, yeah, this this is the place where we really belong. So she accepts. <laughs> and what is what is the memory that you're you're going to offer up to this this alien thing? Mm, what exactly is a memory? Like um how is that so, um basically what this thing wants is to take a happy memory that you have and that memory won't be yours anymore. It will be this thing's you won't have that anymore as a happy memory. And you'll have to think of what that memory is and, and hopefully this this thing will accept. But you get the the you get the sense that the way that this works is this as soon as you can think of the one that you're going to offer up, that is your offering to it. And so you, Katrina, are searching your brain. Maybe there's a memory that's happy enough that it'll work for this that I I won't feel lost without. Yeah, I think I have one. Like at the very start of the Chronicle, we <laughs> at this character, um, her dance partner. And he asked her out on a date and she declined. But I think there was, I mean, she declined because uh, two reasons. One of them, she felt it was like out of place to be dating with him when they are dance partners on tournaments and uh, working at the dancing school. And also, obviously, because she is changeling and it just feels weird to her. And, um, but at the same time, I guess in the back of her head, she had this um, this uh, happy sensation that, well, she is being wanted and she's being accepted as, well, still human, uh, even though she's playing it up a bit, like Raymond always says. The second that thought comes into your head, it, it replays before you, all of it. And you just, you just hear and feel just no longer your voice, just this slithering, just terrible voice, just inhuman voice that just says, not good enough, dig deeper. The way that it, the words just, just, trail and just linger and they just leave you with this chill as she says that mm. <laughs> go back farther i want you to tell me the time you were the most happy and that will be mine forever you start to think uh, about your childhood a little bit but yeah part of that's you what stops. i'm thinking but i'm um part of you stops like no you can't have that like it's part of you is saying no this is all i have left Ooh, <laughs> that's tough. I'll let you think about that for a little bit, and I want to yeah. jump to uh, Isabel. So, Isabel, you are in a 
in a in a pretty deep sleep in your apartment right now. Okay. You are lucid dreaming with without any real like purpose or destination right now. You're just kind of like you're kind of just like lost in in your own in your own dreams at this moment. And can you just like describe to me like what what you're dreaming right now? This is just something from your own memory, your own subconscious. Just what is the dreamscape that Isabel is experiencing right now? Isabel is a sentimental type. Um, deep down, she really wants to go back to the way things were before she was taken, when she was a kid, when she still had, you know, her parents, when she still had a family. So Isabel will oftentimes dream about a childhood memory of her at like one of her birthday parties that her mom just like went all out and she had a bunch of friends over and how just everybody was there just to, and she just had like her first real kind of uh, experience as someone that was like, you know, loved because before it was just always just, there's so much pressure on her and her family and those first carefree kind of moments she ever really had. So she just kind of goes back to that at times, you know, when she dreams, if you know, they, they can focus themselves on a specific, you know, kind of dream if they want. And so she'll just kind of like bring up those, those childhood memories of just being carefree and not having, and it's, it's a nice dichotomy to everything that's going on now, all this stress and this bullshit that's going on. So it's like one of those times where she can just sit there and just be like, you know, whenever, whenever I was a kid, this is my favorite thing. And I just had this nice little birthday party and my mom was just so caring and kind and just kind of like that panging in her heart of like, I miss, miss my family. And so you're, you're pretty much like a very, I would say like a trained dreamer almost. Do you kind of just live in these memories when you can as like somewhat of an escape? Only when she sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. Not like. Not like during the day Not and everything. Like, okay. She focuses on the now. Because but... that is something you would, like, that is something potentially you could do. Like, you could just become totally immersed in these, in, in these sort of, um, like, dream fantasies of, of other times, of, of what could have been, of yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, if you like haven't that. gone on, like, her thing is escapism. Yeah, that's very cool. And so, like, I imagine that in this, in this dream, you, you are, you are the center, you are the, you are the little kid sitting down at the table, blowing out the candles on the cake. You're not just a, a spectator. You're, you're yeah, it's her when she's like twelve. Different. Yeah, you know? and she has like a bunch of friends from school over, and they're just you know having a just a nice little you know kids' birthday party, and she's just having the time of her life. Very nice. That's that's actually really cool. So you know you you see um. This, this cake come out before you and everybody's singing and you see all your friends and this is a day that's about you. And it's, it's just so rare that anything is, anybody gives you this type of appreciation, you know? It's been so long since somebody just focused on you, since, since people, you they know, people that... Sexually, shortly thereafter. Yeah. It started getting weird and just awkward for her growing up. And just having people who just wanted to get something from her in a way that she couldn't even really understand. Yeah, so like this is like a memory of a time where you were still seen of as 
as you know as a person as innocent and not just this object of desire and nowadays when people show you attention a lot of times it's because they're captivated by this this beauty that you have and stuff like that um but this is just like a just a very pleasant memory and you start to become more self-aware as you as you dwell in this in this dream you start to become more aware of yourself now and no longer are you this little girl that's sitting in the chair blowing out the candles as as the people sing to you now you're you're just you now there you're in your fame means and they don't look at you the same way they're faces change to disgust there some of their faces change to to desire these are your your friends and your family they love you why are they why are they changing the way that they feel about you here and this dream is starting to go sour a little bit and you just start to just feel this this drain of energy like a like a battery dying and just the the sounds of the of the singing just become just out of tune and just just distorted and this whole thing just starts to become very distorted and their faces change and they're starting to just twist and and things are starting to just melt and everything is just sort of sort of becoming wrong and you you wake up in bed oh okay i was gonna oh if you want to keep going with that uh absolutely (laughs) i was gonna say she would just be kind of be internally like she's self-aware she'd be like no 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 and she she would try to will it to be different because she she can shape dreams of others she's gonna try and shape her own dreams she's gonna try and force it to be the way she wants it's kind of her kind of that that need to to control is gonna be shining through here at least she's gonna try so you start rapidly trying to trying to fix this and it's like you're in a boat with a hole in it and you're just trying to scoop the water out with a with a cup or something like that it's yeah. just you're just you're trying to fix it and it's just degrading at a point where it's hard for you but you're just giving everything you can to just just change it and you say no 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 this isn't going to be like this not here this is my place and this isn't going to be like this and you just keep doing it and doing it and Eventually, things just snap back into that that peaceful, you know, happy birthday. But it's it's right again, but it's tainted by what happened. Where you see it the way that you wanted to see it, you were able to will it back into the the way that you believe it should be, and it just still doesn't. It just doesn't really appeal to you in this moment anymore. It's just no longer a, a beautiful image. It's you were able to to fix it from corruption, but it's still sickening. And so instead of waking up in like a type of cold sweat or in a panic, you sort of wake up in a sense of just like you like you decided to walk back in a way, like figuratively. You just you know this this dream stopped delivering what it was supposed to, even when you willed it back into into showing what it's what it is supposed to be. And you're just sick of it, and you just you just go back, and you wake up. Is it like still the middle of the night? Yeah, it's like it's like one a.m., and you're just you're just awake, frustrated um, because you didn't really get to actually sleep all too well. I think that Isabel would probably she might get up and like maybe get herself a drink of water, and then like lay back down just 
fitfully, not really resting, but still trying to until she can fall back asleep. Yeah. So you you walk into the bathroom and you get a cup and you you know you you fill it up with some water from the sink and and take a big big drink and you kind of look at yourself for a second and everything is okay. And you go back down and you, you sit back down on the bed and you take a deep breath. I'm going to leave you there for a second. Raymond, you are trudging along through the hedge right now. Complete darkness in front of you. The humming of crickets just louder and louder as you try to press on in, you know, not sure of any direction, just moving what, what to you is forward. And you hear the rattle of these these bones as you kind of step over them and, you know, occasionally crunching a few underneath your, your heels. And you just keep pressing on into the pitch darkness. What's going on in your head right now? He's feeling more determined probably than he had before. You know what I mean? Like this is, like I said, this is his unspoken suicide pact with himself right here. This is how he wants to go out. You know, he, he's accept like, like literally in his head, he's accepted that, this is it. There's no leaving here. There's no coming out of here. So he might as well um, almost treat it like a kamikaze and just kind of do see what he can do to, to, to fix what's going on because he's also accepted that no one's probably ever going to find out about any of this. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to do like what Katrina's doing or, you know what I mean? Or what, what Frank has found out or anything like that. So he's just going to try to do what he can. And I guess he's also hoping in his, that's a good question too, because I guess there's also two other things he's thinking about. One, he's hoping in his head that Katrina remembers, like him mentioning his daughter, and like goes and tries to like somehow find his daughter, fix his daughter, see if there she's even there, or uses that as some kind of like anchor to stay sane on like he was unable to, you know. And then two, he's probably having I don't mean like literal flashbacks, but like he's probably thinking about when he stepped into the hedge the first time when he was like trying to hide the body of his wife and her lover, you know, and was just like kind of in a state of panic. But this time he's not panicked. You know what I mean? He's like feels more collected and he's just trying, he's just maybe like thinking about the irony, how like him with his dead wife and her lover and him trudging in the swamps in a panic state, trying to hide the bodies, hoping that the wildlife consumes them or whatever he was able to inadvertently find, become a prisoner of someone. And now when he's like, <laughs> determined and driven and wants to find something he's walking around and not being found you know what i mean so like he finds the irony in his head uh he, he's not missing the irony in his head of, of the whole situation and as you keep going you you aren't really able to tell how long this has been you're just kind of like alone with your thoughts really and you don't know if this is minutes or hours it just it's it's a strange feeling. It's it's not like any other type of waiting. It's just it's just this place is different. It's like the air is different, and you you keep pushing forward and you start to see like what appears to be some kind of maybe light that's coming from somewhere. And as you make your way towards that, you can sort of start to see the things around you become more illuminated. You're able to to actually see the vines. You're able to like actually see your steps, you know, you're able to see 10 feet in front of you to the point where you're not just constantly getting this, you know, bombardment of, of branches and vines against your face and, and brushing things past. And you start to smell the, the smoke of a fire, like, like wood burning, like a, 
just like a, a campfire or something like that. And this to you indicates there's something this way. I guess I'm going to slowly make my way towards it. I mean, and, and in all reality too, like I wouldn't want to try to be sneaky because like I said, he's kind of accepted, you know what I mean? Like, so he's probably filled with more bravado than he's ever been, you know what I mean? So he's probably just going to like, not like walk up there like, hey, I'm Raymond and try to be all, you know what I mean? Like chest pounding, but he's going to walk up there and he's going to, he's not going to really try to hide that he's walking up there because fuck it, what's the point of hiding here when these things can control everything here, you know, it's just kind of pointless. You're playing into their game when you do that. So I'm just going to walk up towards this fire. So you just keep making your way towards where that light is and where, where that, that smell of the smoke is coming and things become more illuminated the closer you get to this, this burning fire. And once you're at the point where you can finally just hear the crackling of the flames and you could just really see the, the, the smoke billowing and the, and get just, really fully sense that fire you you come across the this this hill made out of um like branches and and stuff like that and you're able to just kind of peek over it and you see this small hut and it's not like it's not like a human house it's like something that somebody made with like sticks and just mud and it's just like a hut, and it looks like this—the size of a, a person could fit in there. But you're not really, you're not really sure who that belongs to. I'm about to find out, so I'm, I'm going to walk up to it, and I'm going. There's to... something comforting to you about it, though, because it's a place and it's a fire, and that fire just, just kind of calls out to the, the ancient human inside of you that is just like fighting for survival right now. And you see that fire, and it's it's welcoming. Yeah, I'm definitely walking towards it. Well, just kind of seeing if there's anyone by the fire. Give me a wits and composure. Two successes. You get the sense that this place is is quiet. Whatever the whatever the the thing that inhabits this is not here right now. And you're even able to kind of peek inside this hut, and you see a, a assortment of of belongings, boxes, various things, but you don't see any signs of any kind of life in there. Oh, so uh, does it look like it was recently, like someone had recently been in there? I mean, I take it there's a fire, right? I mean, fire, there's a right? fire. So you, you do get the, the vibe that this is like somebody's site and they must have been here recently enough to, to get a fire going. But where they are now, you're not sure. So Raymond's going to sit down. I'm going to sit down and like stare at the fire and I'm going to wait. You know what I mean? And it's better than the walking and maybe collect my thoughts, you know? Like so the room. it feels nice when you're when you're sitting down there. You didn't really consider that you might be cold or anything like that, but the warmness of this fire feels great. And you put your hands out and you just take it in and you just watch the glow and it kind of is mesmerizing in a way. And you begin to feel yourself get pretty comfortable, as comfortable as you can be in this situation. Relieved is probably a better way to put it. And you look around this kind of it's almost a campsite you know there's the shelter here and then there's the fire here and you see like uh various boxes you see like a stump with um with like an axe and some wood next to it and you see uh like a, a satchel that appears to be like open a little bit and you can see some tools hanging out and you just you get the vibe that 
this is this is just somebody's somebody's campsite and like whatever they are they're human enough to have a fire they're human enough to to cut wood to use tools it's not like hopefully not like one of those one of those you know creatures like you saw before the the snake with the head of a woman you know this this has to be something more more human than that and you start to you start to look around a little bit more and you know you see the you see more tools laying about you see wood you see something that sort of makes you jump for a second it's a What's that? it looks like an arm it's a small arm i'm taking the axe all the wood right now you take the axe out and you you take two steps closer to to look at what you think you might have seen you initially are thinking that's a child's arm and you get close enough to see that it's it's made of plastic there's a piece of it missing and it's completely hollow inside man got me scared there i'm like going to move it with my foot and i'm just going to kind of look around and continue to look around but definitely holding this axe in my hand as protection just from that initial shock you know of seeing the arm there and you know as you as you look uh in the area of the arm you see an open trunk and you can see like a few different things hanging out of it you see like some rope some materials fabrics canvas you see various spools of thread you see branches you see leaves you see all types of stuff and can you go ahead and give me a give me a intelligence and a cult role and your um, true fay specialty applies. One success. A terrible thought crosses your mind as you mm. start to rifle through these things, and you begin throwing them as you're as you're searching through this to try to try to see what's inside of this this box. And you realize these are these are tools. These are the components for making something something not of this world. These are these are the tools, the the reagents to make a fetch. Whatever you have found here has been making fetches. And as you continue rifling through this trunk and, and throwing different sorts of materials and fabrics to the side, you come across something that is it's very jarring when you reach in and touch it. It's slimy. It's warm. It feels unnatural. It feels wrong. And you you immediately jump back as your hand touches it and when you look inside it appears to be a heart a heart of something i i don't know if, if human beast what but it's just living matter that is inside of here now not just not just dolls not just tools there's a piece of 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 flesh there's a piece of of somebody's inner circuitry that that is really inside of this this chest. Yeah. Raymond came to conclusion right now. He's going to turn around and go to that campfire. Like try to, I don't know if there's like something that's on fire in there, like a log. I don't even know. Or he's going to find something that's flammable and he's going to like probably take some of that burlap and wrap it around a, a, you know what I mean? A stick or some shit and just start that shit on fire. Then he's going to go and just like, someone's going to come home to either see me set this thing on fire that that's hot of theirs and everything that is around it or they're going to come home to it on fire as i walk off with the axe by the way not letting <laughs> the axe go hello folks 
Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> 